You're listening to the Blended Family Podcast, a weekly show with a strong focus on strategies and methods to help your family thrive. Blended families face many difficulties and challenges, which can sometimes drive families apart. The goal of this podcast is to help your blended family grow together through these challenges to create the peaceful and loving home you desire. Here is your host, Melissa. Hello, you're joining me for episode number 275 of the Blended Family Podcast. And if you're new, welcome to the show. I've been hosting this show for, I don't know, about six and a half years. And we cover lots of blended family issues, but we also cover some other tips for families and for relationships, for growth and for self-care. So you can definitely take a look at the previous episodes and pick and choose which ones suit you. And also feel free to email me, melissa at blendedfamilypodcast.com. I love to hear your topic ideas or requests or your questions that I can read aloud on the show. I'm going to start doing those Q&A shows again soon too. So you can always email me, but uh, yes, if you're new, welcome to the show. I'm glad that you're here. You know, unfortunately, there's there's an increase in the divorce rate, and with that, we're going to have more blended families forming, and blended families really need this information now more than ever. So I encourage you, all of the listeners, to please share the show with other blended families so that I can do what I am here to do, which is to help as many blended families as I can get through the challenges because I know I've been there before Uh, we're still going through it but I know where you're at and I know how hard it is and uh, I just want to help I just want to help last week's show we spoke to Debbie Osborne and she wrote a book called Raising Other People's Children she was or is I should say a foster mom an adoptive mom a stepmom and she really knows how to really get those bonds created and how to develop these family ties. And so if you missed that show, that's a great one to go and check out. Debbie was full of tips and great information there. And then next week, I have a returning guest, Mort Fertel. Now, he was on the show back a while ago. He was talking about marriage fitness, but now he's on for an entirely different reason. Him and his family created a family business called Sud Share, which you are going to think is amazing. So I'll leave that for next week, but definitely come back. It's going to be a really good show. And today, as promised, I've got, I know we're all the way in almost, well, I guess it is August by the time you're hearing this. But I missed the Father's Day episode back in June, and I told you that I was going to make that up to you. And here we are. I found out about Joe Pomeroy, and this guy is incredible. And he's going to be teaching men how to translate their business principles into the home life so that they can become better fathers, better family men. So this is going to be a really good show. Joe is perfect for this. And ladies, still listen to the show. But grab your husband, your partner, or your boyfriend and share it with them too because every family man is going to benefit from today's show. But ladies, take a listen also because Joe, he really has a way of sharing stories in a very compelling way and you're just going to love hearing from him. So that's all I have to say for today. I hope you guys 
Really enjoy this episode with Joe. And then we'll see you back next week for another episode right after a word from this week's sponsor. Love you guys. Living the Good Life Naturally is a self-care company focusing on magnesium. Statistics show that up to 50% of the U.S. population is magnesium deficient, which can cause a multitude of health issues including headaches, muscle cramps, seizures, hair loss, and more. Kristen Bowen, founder, created the company out of her own personal health struggles, so she really cares, and she has a mission to help others achieve optimal health. I myself am a huge believer in these products, and I use them on a daily basis. It's been especially helpful for my anxiety and my pain. Try the magnesium soak, the magnesium spray, or the delectable bath bombs for an extra treat. And check out the website to see the entire product line and learn more at livingthegoodlifenaturally.com. Or you can go back and listen to episode number 237 when Kristen was on this show. Don't forget to use my promo code BLENDED to receive a special discount. Order today and get your health back. Joe Pomeroy knows how to translate business principles into family success. Joe gained a deep knowledge of business while helping build an eight-figure company and earning his MBA. More importantly, Joe discovered how to utilize those hard-earned skills to save his marriage and his family. He went from his wife walking out the door to having a confident, committed, and connected relationship. And now he's committed to helping other dads and husbands learn how to use those principles to be more confident in their role. As a best-selling author and family leadership coach, Joe helps business-minded men discover the new way to become the husbands and dads they once promised to be. And his mantra has become, save the family, save the world. Welcome to the show, Joe. Thanks, Melissa. I'm so excited to be here. Now, you teach business-minded men how to translate work skills to their home life so they can quickly become expert husbands and world-class dads. So this is a really exciting topic today. I'm so excited to share this with my audience, and we have a lot to talk about. But first, I just want to know a little bit more about you, Joe. So tell us a little, a little bit more about your story, about what happened in your marriage, and what brought you to this line of work. Yeah, absolutely. You got it. Well, first of all, the the great thing that's going to come from my story and the things that we discuss is that, yes, my focus on men, but really what we really focus on here are going to be principles. And so it doesn't matter, man, woman, whatever, it doesn't matter. There's going to be some great value that we'll be able to put together today. And I'm so I'm really excited about that. Um, now, regarding my story, so I, I grew up always wanting to do business, always having an entrepreneurial mind. I remember in junior high, I was selling uh, atomic sour warheads and homemade bracelets and necklaces out of my backpack. And uh, it's always just kind of been something I've enjoyed. And I went to schooling for business and got you know internships and doing all this on-the-job training for business. And it was such a great focus. And I'm having this massive success and I get married and obviously marriage is going to be just as easy as business because life is just smooth and everything seemed great until it wasn't. And marriage was hard and it was difficult and it was different. And I hadn't invested the amount of time and effort and energy into figuring out how to be a good dad as I was doing in business. And so I started to create these unhealthy, this, have this unhealthy mindset, this unhealthy attitude 
well, business comes so naturally. Business is so easy. And now marriage is difficult. So clearly it's my wife's fault. Mm. Clearly she's negatively impacting things. Because I mean, my colleagues love me. My clients, they think I'm the funniest man alive. That everything I do is gold. They're great. And then I come home and what's with the tension? What's, what's with the, the lack of communication? Like clearly it can't be my fault. And I, I didn't do anything about it. I just sat there. You t- and you actually, I was listening to one of your recent episodes. It was uh, 273 and this was, you're talking about feelings. And I love what you shared in there, the, the RISE acronym. If anybody hasn't listened to that, when you're done listening to this episode, like go back and listen to that. It was an amazing episode. Thank you. Um, but one of the things that you mentioned there is you talked about it's not okay to white knuckle it through life and through the feelings we have and just ignore them. And so it was like this, that that's what I was doing. I was white knuckling it because, well, I'm, I'm successful and marriage is supposed to be easy. Marriage is supposed to be successful. And it was like this volcanic pressure that just built and built and built. Didn't talk about things, didn't communicate my feelings, didn't know how to communicate my feelings. And in fact, I just thought, you know what? Home life is too hard. Business comes easy. Water travels the path of least resistance. So I dove deeper into business. I dove deeper into uh, my capstone project on my MBA. I dove deeper into building this eight, helping to lead and build this eight figure business because that's what came easy. Well, meanwhile, my family's getting ignored. Um, My wife is feeling left out. Uh, She's going through her own struggles that I don't understand. I don't know because I'm not talking about it because I don't know how to at this point. And one night that volcanic pressure erupted into a radically embarrassing decision that I've become so humbly grateful for. Uh, My wife and I were arguing about something irrelevant. I don't even remember exactly what it is. And it all exploded into me throwing a man-sized tantrum, kicking in the cupboard uh, door in our upstairs hallway and just so frustrated. I've got my bare foot. I'm kicking in this door while I'm doing that. My wife is, she's, she's done. She's walking by me. She's headed down the stairs. The adrenaline drops once I've destroyed this cupboard and it's hanging by a single screw, one corner of it. And the adrenaline drops and I feel the shooting pain in my foot. And I look down and I've got this huge chunk of wood poking out of uh, the bottom of my foot. Mm. And I'm suddenly thinking, and this whole time I'm, uh, it's like this, I'm thinking, what have I just done? Like, what what kind of loser am I that I can do business, but I've just done this at home? Like, what's wrong with me? And I'm asking these terrible questions because Melissa, I know from your conversations and and knowing that you're an empathic that these questions that we ask ourselves, our subconscious mind will search out those answers. Mm-hmm. And I'm asking these terrible questions. And then I hear the keys jingling. I hear my wife grabbing things off the counter. And I know she's leaving. And I kind of hobble over to the top of the stairs. And I can see down the stairs that she's starting to open the front door. And I have this moment to make a decision. I can ask for help. Or I can let her walk away. And lose the most valuable person in my life. And I, But I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to... 
I'd not been humble before, so how is it magically going to happen now? But I just opened my mouth, and I tell you, Melissa, it came out ugly. There was nothing pretty or macho or anything about it. It was just, wait, please help. Please wait. And to my wife's amazing credit, she stopped. And I asked her for help. And what I didn't realize at the time is I thought I was only asking for help to pull that chunk of wood out. But I realized I needed to ask for greater help. And that led me into an eight-year deep dive in figuring out how can I be so good at business and yet struggle so much in my marriage and with my family. And I needed to figure that out because I would not allow myself to throw that kind of man-sized tantrum again. I, 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 didn't, my, I didn't think my marriage could survive it again, and I didn't want that to happen. And something I realized along the way is I was really good at conflict resolution in the office. And so I started to evaluate, well, what is it that I'm doing when I'm resolving conflicts? Or what is it that I'm doing to help my clients feel heard and understood? And can I use those same things in my conversations with my wife? And I realized if we understand the principle behind whatever action we're taking, then we can then translate that principle to another area of our life be it health, be it finances, be it relationships, be it parenting, whatever it happens to be. And so I started to study what principles are the foundation to business business success and how can I translate those principles into succeeding in my marriage and with my family. And where we are now from where we were eight, eight, nine years ago, it is infinitely different. And it hasn't been easy. It hasn't been perfect. It's absolutely been a journey, but it's one that I'm so grateful to have traveled. And and I keep traveling. I mean, I'm, I'm still on that journey, Melissa. There's there's no end. It's uh, continually trying to improve, continually trying to be a better dad, to be a better husband, um, and to really to to be who my family deserves. Well, that is actually a beautiful story. I know that there was some pain there, but what you did was turn that pain into something else. Um, and I appreciate that. Uh, and it's just so beautiful too, that your wife understood in that moment that you needed her, you know, in a different kind of a way, you know, there was something that she energetically understood, uh, that yeah. it wasn't just about the foot. Um, and I love that you also learned how to take these principles and help other men as well. Um, because it's something real that you did here. You you said that you think some men do better at business than their home life. And it was clearly the issue for you for the beginning part of your marriage. And so, but you also say that businessmen become the best family men. So why is that? Why do you think that businessmen become the best family men? Yeah, that's, I love that question. I love this topic and talking about it. And the reality is, is that who we are today is based on the influences and the interpretation of our experiences in the past. And so my experience to that point of how to be a dad, how to be a husband was based on the role models that I saw. Now, some of those role models were from TV, but the primary one was my own father. And his primary example was either TV shows or his own father. Now think of the examples we get on TV shows. We get the, you know, my dad's generation, the leave it to beavers. And in my generation, 
Uh, I think I had a uh, home improvement with Tim Allen. And, and I mean, basically the big point is everything's resolved in a 30 minute segment. Mm-hmm. No challenge can be so big or so difficult that it can't be involved in at the very least a 60 minute with a to be continued right in between. Like it just, but life isn't that way. And so the examples that I've gotten, what I'm trying to figure out, they are based on these generational patterns because that's all I had been taught. And yet I studied business and I learned these different things. And so businessmen can become the best family men because they learn a new path to success when they're learning business. They don't have to rely on generational patterns. They don't have to rely on uh, false, expe- you know, unhealthy expectations and concepts and ideas generated by Hollywood. They can actually look at what they're doing in business and what they've done to succeed as project managers, to succeed as business owners, to succeed as uh, project development or supply chain, wherever they're at in business. They've already learned those patterns for success. So they have that foundation. They have that thing that says, I know this works. And then that allows them to translate those principles to their family where they already have a strong foundation of having seen success, of having felt that confidence. And they go, okay, these are the principles that bring success in business. And I know that they work. And as long as they apply those same things, they're following patterns of success that allow them to become the best family men. Mm, That's a great answer. You know, Joe, I've often said that blended families should be treated like a business relationship. Um, It's just an easier way to do things, especially when things are tense between two X's, right? But you even say that all families should or could be treated like a business. So what exactly do you mean when you say that? Yeah, I, this is a question that, um, you know, or a, a, a concept that can rile a lot of feathers can, can be triggering because there are, I have heard stories and I have had conversations where, um, spouses or kids or they felt like their parents were so cold because they treated them like some kind of business or employee and everything had a checklist and everything had something to go by. And this is something I really struggled with as well. Cause when I was going through my journey and I was studying all these things, going to every workshop and group sessions, whatever I could figure out. And when I first started making this connection between business and family, I was, there was, uh, I was in a group session and there was another man who uh, he was sharing the same problem that he had shared the week before and the week before that. And all the weeks before, for as long as I can remember having been doing these uh, group family sessions with him, Uh, or sorry, I say with him, I was not leading that session. I'm not a therapist, uh, but it was a group of us. We're all in there and I'd known him for some time. And and I, I knew he did business. I knew he owned a business. And so I started to talk him through the challenge he was facing using business concepts. And it, it really started to click and he's not in his head. And he goes, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. And somebody else in the group pipes up and they go, Joe, no, you can't treat family like a business. It doesn't work. It's cold. It's disconnected. It's all these things. And I went, man, he's right. I've been told that too. You can't treat family like a business. That's, that's what I remember learning growing up. And, and I, I was down. I tell you, Melissa, when I left that night, I was bummed. 
because I thought I'd seen a new door, a new way. I thought I'd found a new opportunity to have success in my home, but I, it couldn't be because I'd been taught growing up, you know, family and business, they're different. You can't treat them the same. So I had to really dig deep and say, well, why is this working? And I realized it's because I was focused on the principles. And the better I've gotten at business, the more I've realized if you can't treat family like a business, it's because you don't understand the healthiest ways to run a business. You can't be a boss that's a taskmaster that hovers being fired or not getting a bonus or cracking the whip or rules by fear. If that's how you're leading your business, I'm sorry, but you're not a good leader. And there's some lessons that need to be learned. There's some opportunities that need to be opened up for you to really understand what a high quality business leader, business business person is and how they do things, how they connect with their team, how they support their employees, how they lead by service and example. Those are the business people that get the greatest results in business. And so now if we understand that, now let's ask that question again. Why should every family be treated like a business? Okay, well, if I run my business as a servant leader, if I run my business and lead by example, if I focus on understanding and supporting my employees, if I focus on having goals and targets, if, if I lead in business by saying, you know what? Yes, we have these measurements we want to reach, but at the same time, this is my business family. These are people, these are human beings, these are individuals, and they have needs, wants, and desires. And the more I can do as their boss, as their the founder of this company, the more I can do to help them achieve their goals and dreams, the greater all-around success. Now, if that's how we're running business, does that not sound, Melissa, like how you would want your family to function? Absolutely. And thank you so much for that clarification. Um, and because I wanted you to explain that uh, because I know some people would be like, oh, that's cold. Because I say that all the time to blended families when they get, sometimes they get too chummy chummy right in the beginning and then things fall apart really quick. And I try to explain to them, you need to treat it like a business relationship for many, many reasons. And I love your answer there because you really clarify that. And I hope that people are listening, you know, even just for blended families listening to take that concept and bring it to your blended family uh, is a really good thing. So now I would like to get into the meat of this, Joe, because I want the people listening to be able to, you know, have these takeaways, something to start implementing right away. So um, just to give us a few, how exactly does a person go about bringing some of these business concepts into the home? I know that you mentioned one of them already um, earlier, but maybe give us like just a few ways that we can incorporate that into our family. Yeah, Absolutely. I definitely want everybody to walk away from this conversation with things they can try today, things they can implement today. And you do a great job of that in your podcast. And so that's that's why I really value being able to to be here with your audience. So thank you for that. Um, There's So the first thing to recognize, and I'm going to kind of start from the end and and work our way back. And And I mentioned this earlier, that this is a journey. Um, And this is something that with how important family is, that this is something that will take time. It will take effort. You will need to invest time, effort, and sometimes even money 
into developing your family and growing your family. And that's okay. It won't happen overnight. It won't happen the first time. And that's okay. And so as we keep implementing these things and keep moving forward, you will find success. So now as we go into some actionable items and things to do, now now here's the thing. There's, there's a lot of things that are important in business, but we need to do it in the right order. If I'm starting a business from scratch and I decide that I'm going, I'm, I'm, I, I start first, I'm building my influence. Next, I'm going to build my network and I'm going to build my email list. There's stages, there's steps, and there's a reason that we do these things. Now, why do I in business, if I'm doing an online business or in the business that I'm doing right now, why do I want to build my email list and nurture my audience before I decide that I'm suddenly going to pitch them this great uh, six-figure offer that's going to change their world and they're going to be mesmerized by all the things that come impact? It's because you have to build up they need to know you, they need to like you, they need to trust you. And this is an area, it doesn't matter, I, it, it doesn't matter where we're at in our family relationships. My wife and I have been married for several years before uh, I threw my tantrum. And yet, so that meant there was broken trust. We had forgotten who each other was. We had grown apart. We had both grown, but we hadn't been communicating that growth or been a part of that journey together. And so there needs to be, things need to be done in order. Now, having said that, the other piece that I'm going to throw out here is that we are taught to compartmentalize. We're taught that business is its own thing, that family is its own thing. That, hey, you do you, boo. You go have your time and family is its own thing. And that all things are separate. We're taught to live life one dimensionally, one piece at a time. And I want to challenge that. And I want to encourage all of us to look at life in a three-dimensional fashion. And you said something, Melissa, in a recent podcast episode. You said, it's only when we try and focus on the solution that we can find a way out of the dark. And I brought that up and I love that you shared that. And I bring that up because darkness is one dimensional. If you have ever been in absolute darkness, whether maybe you're spelunking in a cave or whatever it happens to be, if you've ever been in absolute darkness, the kind of darkness where your hand is literally half an inch from your nose, it is one dimensional. There is no depth. There is no vibrancy. There is there's nothing. Now, if we look out our windows m- midday and you look out and you see all the different colors, you see all the different vibrancy, you can see from here to the horizon and everything in between and all of that depth, light is three-dimensional. Now, so we want to live a three-dimensional life. And that brings us to, and here's where I want to give some actionable steps for the audience. This is, I have... Um, been blessed to develop a 3D family framework. This is my three-dimensional 3D family framework. Now, the 3Ds are discover, decide, and do. The first step is discover. How many times do we start with do? 
How many times do we go, okay, something needs to be done and we start boom, 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 boom. I just need to get things off my checklist. Oh no, there's an emergency. Something needs to happen. I need to do. Mm -hmm. And there are situations that happen with that. Uh, when my oldest daughter, when she was about two years old, she had a seizure out of nowhere, never had one, had a seizure and it went into do. I had already learned, I, you know, you set them down, give her space. I immediately called 911. I went into daddy do mode and that, that's okay. There's, but most of the time, most of the time, if we go straight to do, then we miss something. I think when maybe you have a teenager that comes up and says, Hey, I want to go to a concert. Uh, you know, Hey, is it okay if I go to a concert with my friend? You don't have, you have not discovered any of the information <laughs> to make an appropriate decision as to whether or not your teenager should should do that thing. Or in business, somebody comes and they say, hey, we've got this great product for you. And you know, hey, if you sign up for this, then it's going to give you the best thing ever for your business. It's going to build your audience and all these great things are going to happen and you're going to be an overnight success. If we just do, if we just immediately act without discovering what's behind that opportunity and then deciding what's best for us, then we run into problems. So this is how you can effectively live a 3D life, a three-dimensional life in light with your family. And the first step with discover, there's things that you need to discover about the future that you want. There's things that you need to discover about who you want to be as you travel on that journey. And there's things you need to discover about why that matters. So in business terms, these are vision, values, and why. Vision, values, and why. Now in the business world, okay, yeah, I know those terms. Yeah, yeah, vision, yep. But let's bring it now and let's apply it to family. A vision needs to be integrated. If you create a vision and it needs to be integrated and it needs to be your ideal typical day. People make mistakes in creating a vision because they choose some day that they're on the beach in Tahiti and they're, or in Bali or wherever it happens to be. And they're staying in one of those uh, huts that's over the ocean. And it's got the clear glass floor and you can see the fish swimming. And it's just this, oh, you know, the angels sing. And I, oh my goodness, sorry to everybody for the noise I just made, but there you go. Um, you know, and it's, but that's not practical. So, have your ideal integrate what's business, your business, what's your family, what's school, what's reality, what's your ideal day within reality. And that becomes your vision. Now, why do you want that? Why do you want, is it so that you can um, look good to your neighbors or the people at your church or the people at the uh, community projects that you participate in so you can look good to them and they can go, oh, gee, that Melissa, she's the greatest mom ever. I wish I could be like her because if that's your why, I tell you what, when stuff hits the fan, it doesn't hold. Mm -hmm. it, won't, it won't be that foundation for you. So you dig into that why. And then as you create your values, who do you want to be? What's the type of person you want to be on that day? Is it someone of integrity? Is it someone that listens? Is it someone that can be open with their children? And I want to, I'm giving this foundation on the 3D and I want to go into values because this might be one of the most powerful things that everybody's going to hear today. Because one of the most difficult things we face as parents, as spouses, is how do we make decisions 
that our family can get behind? How do we know if we're making the right decision, if we're giving too much leeway or we're being too strict? How do we know if we make a decision that's going to have a positive or negative impact on where we're going? And so if decision-making can become more, uh, if it can become simpler, if it become more readily available, then that can give us the power we need to travel the path to where we're going. Melissa, I feel like I'm I'm talking a whole bunch. So are you still with me? Are we ready to go into this? Yeah, that was great. And so that is your 3D family framework. And so I'm glad that you talked about that. And that's, we're going to talk about your coaching here in a few minutes and and how you can help people with that. Um, I want to talk about confidence for just a minute. Uh, Confidence is a very attractive quality for anybody. I know a lot of ladies like when their man is confident. Many men lack confidence. And I can tell you, Joe, that my husband's journey into stepping into his own confidence has been one of his greatest achievements that I've been able to beautifully witness. It's been a joy to witness him coming into this. And, uh, But I want to know, why do you think so many men lack confidence and what are some ways that they can step into it? Yeah. You know, I believe confidence is based on evidence. Uh, true confidence. There's a there's a false bravado that can be based on um, a, a, a number of unhealthy things, but real confidence developed becomes based on evidence. And evidence are moments throughout our life where we either uh, succeed or struggle to achieve a particular goal. So if I want more confidence as a dad, if, or if I want more, you know, we'll go with that. If I want more confidence as a dad, my confidence is based on whether or not I feel like I'm succeeding in the things that I'm doing. But success is subjective. So, so if confidence is, is based on evidence, and evidence is how, whether or not we achieve something, but how we define achieving something is subjective, then that means we have an opportunity to create confidence within ourselves by redefining success. Now, growing up, I always viewed success as a father as, as, uh, and being a provider was strictly based on finances. Mm-hmm. How, how big is my bank account? How nice is my home? How good are the clothes my kids are wearing? What kind of food am I putting on the table? And if I was better than most, I was succeeding. If I was not as good as somebody else, then I was struggling. And that, I tell you, that will never give you confidence. Mm -mm. There will always be someone bigger, better, stronger, faster, smoother, richer, whatever. There will always be someone else that does that. And so I needed to redefine success. And how I have come to define success is I get back up Every time I fall, as long as I keep getting back up, as long as I go, what can I learn from that? Then that experience was a success. Now, the more experiences I have like that, the more I go, wow, I can keep getting back up. I can learn from when I throw a tantrum or do something stupid. And then that tells me that builds my confidence. And I can grow in that. And if we start building confidence somewhere where it's safe, 
somewhere where we trust the person with whom we're communicating, somewhere within ourselves, an area that we believe perhaps we're already successful in, then we can take, again, we can take that confidence because it's, if we found it, if we focus confidence on the underlying principle of what it actually is, it gives us the ability to transfer that confidence to other areas. So start by defining what success means to you and then start with small steps where success right now, if we're speaking to a blended family, success, if if you shoot for success says, all right, well, we've been together for six months and I want my stepkids to call me dad and to think I'm the greatest human being on the planet and that they're always going to choose me over their birth father. Like those, that's, those are unrealistic expectations. If instead it's maybe I'm measuring success by maybe I get a smile after I give a compliment instead of an eye roll, Mm. maybe that's something I can look to do. Or maybe, and and even that I say, well, you can't control that. So maybe it's if I can give a compliment and it doesn't matter what response I get, if I know that I'm making that comment, giving that compliment from a place of purity, having a good heart, doing it out of love, irregardless of the response. And then maybe I get an eye roll and I just say, in my mind, I say, that's okay. Cause I'm not going anywhere. We're going to figure this out. Maybe that's the success for me. And that's where I need to start. And you build on that because you go, wow, I can do that. I can't have an interaction yeah. with my child and not get upset about their reaction. And you build, you build, and the confidence grows. Yeah, we always say that keeping promises that you make to yourself builds your confidence too, right? If you say, I'm going to go to the gym, you know, five times this week, and you go once, well, you're going to lose some confidence there because you didn't do what you set out to do. And so I think that this is really great what you're doing with the business stuff because if you're already confident in business, right? For the listeners, if you're confident in business and Joe teaches you how to translate those skills to your home, your confidence is going to grow in your home. And when you're more confident, you just are better. You're better towards other people. You're better towards yourself, more importantly. Um, And so I think that that's a really good uh, topic there. Now, earlier you did bring up generational patterns. And I want to talk about that too, because Many of us do parent the way that, you know, we were parented growing up, but we really live in a different world now. And I'm noticing that fathers today are different from fathers from perhaps our grandparents' generation. But even so, there are generational patterns that can continue to exist, even with this changing world that we're in. So how does someone identify a generational pattern or a habit that's causing more harm than good in their family? Yeah. I think for this, we can go to uh, a super famous business book, business development book called Seven Habits of Highly Effective People with Stephen Covey. Mm. And this is something in the 90s that was huge. Every business leader was reading it. People outside the business realm were reading it. But one of the key things he talks about is begin with the end in mind. So this goes back to our discover stage and the three subcategories within discover that vision, values, and, and your why. And if you have those things mapped out, then you can say, okay, where do we want to be? Why do I want to get there? And what kind of characteristics, what kind of values do I hold as the person that's there? And then you work backwards to say, where am I at today? 
What am I doing? Is it in line with the values that I've established? If it is, great. Keep going. But if it's something that's not, then you need to look at how to change that. Now, this gets tricky when we talk about generational patterns because we have, and and I know for men especially, um, I, I know it's for men and women, but just for myself speaking as a man, there's this thing where um, I, I don't know if it's primitive or what, but where this thing where it's like, as, as I'm the firstborn son of my family, man, I need to make my dad proud. And my dad is the man. And as a kid growing up, like, you know, he does, he can't do anything wrong and, and everything is gold that, that he touches. And, um, so there's this, this, there's this thought that says, oh, well, and even, even with a Christian background and, and looking in the Bible and, you know, one of the original 10 commandments, honor thy father and mother. Okay. But so if I do something different than how my dad did it, am I dishonoring him? Is he going to be embarrassed or ashamed? Is he going to feel like something was wrong with him if I do things differently? And we create these stories and these worries and these concerns when it comes to changing generational patterns that we don't have if it's just something that I picked up in high school or I picked up in college and I want to do differently. And so the real element here is to change the story. And this is one of the things in the 3D framework that's part of deciding. Decide means to determine or to settle. And we've we've already created these stories about our past. We've created these stories about uh, even our future and how uh, your father or your mother might react if you do something differently. Oh, back in my day, it was soap in the mouth and a cane along the backside. Go pick your switch. Like, okay, well, mom, I don't want to do that. Well, that's why you have such unruly kids. No, I actually have really good kids. They're just having a hard time right now. Like we worry about those conversations. We don't know how to have those conversations. We worry about how it's going to hurt our parents. So we need to rewrite that story and say, and we go back, and there's a story I remember my brother had just gotten these Nerf pop guns and it was a single shot and we were shooting each other. And my dad was saying like, Hey, not in the face, not in the face. And I just, I had to do it. Melissa, just one <laughs> shot to my brother about three feet away, right in his forehead. And my brother gets big eyes, looks at, this is how I remember it. Now, granted, I was like nine at the time. So maybe it's not exactly how it happened, but from, as best I can recall, my brother like gets this little smirk on his face because he knows he's got me. Mm-hmm. And he lets out this terrible cry. And I hear this, Joseph, and I know I'm in for it. And I start running. I'm running down the hallway. I'm trying to get to my bedroom. I think some for some reason, I think if I get on my top bunk bed that I'm magically going to be safe for my dad. No dice. He catches me right as I'm I'm almost at the top. And he grabs me by my ankle and he pulls me down. And I, I come boom, 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 down the ladder, down to the ground. And I got in trouble. And I tried to say, well, he wasn't even hurt. He was smiling. And I don't remember what my dad said, but I'll tell you the story I took away from that was the truth didn't matter that my dad was more concerned uh about my brother not being hurt than he was about whether or not i got hurt by pulling me down this ladder and my dad say any of those things no but it was a story that i created Mm. and from that story there was a pain that was associated and pain is what drives unhealthy generational patterns and if you want to eradicate those generational patterns, you have to go back to your own pain. What's the story that you created around this behavior? How can you change that story? 
and I had to rewrite the meaning. And the new meaning became my dad didn't understand the whole story. My dad had other stressors, other conversations, other things that were going on that he reacted to, not necessarily what actually took place. And then I can look at myself and go, okay, when I'm responding to things that my children do, am I reacting to their behavior and my limited information, or am I giving them an opportunity to communicate? Because I want to set a new pattern based on healthy stories. That's a great story. And you know, when we get into this generational work and it is work, it's, it goes very deep. It can. And so, um, it's important to take a look at all of these things and see where these things come from because they all do come from somewhere. And the thing that people don't want to do is what you just said, Joe is, is go to their own pain, go to the source of your pain and, and work with that feeling. Just like I, I said in the feelings show, is to and then change the ending of that story. Most people don't get that far because when they get to the pain, they don't want to face it. They would rather just shove it away. And so mm-hmm. um, I like that you said that. That was that was really really great. Um, I want you to speak for a moment to the partners of these men, right? So so the women listening today or men that they're married to, it doesn't matter. Uh, what can we as a partner do to best support? our man in his journey to become the best version of himself. Yeah. I tell you that this is, that's, this is such a beautiful question because it is a partnership. I would not be who I am today without my wife's support. I could not have invested um, the time, the effort, the money into figuring this out without her support. And it, it really, truly is a partnership. And there's two things that come to mind. And, and one of them is something that I typically share. And, and one's that I typically, one is something I typically don't share, but I feel impressed to share today. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. Um, but the first piece of this is, to, to your question, how can a partner best support, is recognize it takes time. And that it's a process and it's a journey. And if you'll communicate together, if, if the couple will communicate together, what's the plan? How will we measure our progress? How can we, how can we set up a safe environment for us to come back and revisit this? Now, there may be something, there's there's a tendency to, I mean, my wife, as soon as I was like, okay, I'm going to get help. Let's let, I mean, let's do some marriage counseling. Let's figure this out. There was this tendency to be like, yay, everything's going to be better. Let's dive right into it. But there are wounds that need to heal. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. And I guess that leads us into the second thing that I normally don't share. So as part of one of the workshops my wife and I spent several years doing was it was a, in three phases. And the first phase we started together as a couple. And we were in a room with other couples and and they shared a bunch of different things and we had communication and we went through a a variety of learning processes and that lasted about six weeks. And then it separated out to the husbands and the wives and it was all men together working together and all women working together. And that had its pros and cons and, and I have my opinion about that, but for the point of this conversation, um, most of the couples that were in this were because of situations like the one I described, 
the husband threw a terrible tantrum or was withdrawing or um, maybe had been had been caught uh, teasing the idea of an affair with somebody at work or something like that. It was something, typically it was something very unhealthy on the part of the husband that had brought them to this point. And I know that's not always the case, but in this situation it was. And so the men were there and they're like, okay, I need to figure my stuff out. I am a mess. I'm ruining my home. I need to figure this out. And I remember getting frustrated once because I kept hearing these stories that in the women's group. Now, Melissa, this was gossip. So clearly it was true. I mean, Abraham Lincoln said, anything you see on the internet is fact. So so clearly all this was true. Um, but I'm hearing these stories and it's about, well, some of the women's session, it's basically just bash on the husband night. Mm. Or it's complaining about the husbands or, well, what did your husband do wrong? And, oh my goodness, how do you need to stand up for yourself? And I'm not saying don't stand up for yourself. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying what I had heard basically made it sound like the men were focused on, oh my goodness, if I don't fix what's going on with me, if I don't change, my marriage is never going to be healthy. And the women were focused on, well, how'd your husband hurt you now? Mm. What did he do now? And there are some very real situations where that needs to be addressed. And and obviously, and, and, and frankly, anytime I cause my wife, wife, uh, pain, that's something that I need to, uh, repent of and, and change and seek forgiveness for her from, uh, from her for. But I remember a conversation with my wife and, and we were in a joint counseling session with our individual, uh, therapist and something was made and I was irritated. I was frustrated. I made a comment about it. And, um, and my wife just kind of shrugged her shoulders and he asked her, he said, well, what are you doing all this for? And she goes, you know, frankly, he's got his own stuff to work on and I'm planning on this working out. I'm planning on us staying together. But the reality is I, I need to be in here for me. Mm. I need to do my own stuff. Healthy people don't tend to marry unhealthy people. And so if there's some element of unhealthiness within our marriage, it's a partnership. It comes from both places. And so my wife was, she viewed her personal development as something she was doing for herself. She wanted it for her, regardless of what I did. She wanted to grow and develop and be a better spouse and be a better parent. Because what if things didn't work out between she and I? Well, then she would be that much further ahead in the next stage of her life. And so I think something to remember for the for the partners in supporting is to say, hey, I am on this journey with you. And that doesn't mean I'm sitting on the bench waiting for you to figure out the next play. That means I'm out on the field. I'm on the court. I'm doing these things with you. We are a team. We're learning these things together. We're working on it together. And then that, I think that ties back into the first thing. And it's going to take time. And sometimes I'm going to be the one that fumbles. And sometimes you're going to be the one that fumbles. And hopefully the sports analogies fit here for both genders. I, I, I <laughs> but it's this idea that together as a team, we will make it. And if I focus on myself as an individual, uniting with you as my teammate, as my partner, then together we will have success and achieve greatness. Mm, that's such a wonderful answer. And I love that focus on the partnership. I mean, that's why you're together. And so uh, when times get rough, that's when you need to, to get tighter, not not separate. Unfortunately, that's what people do. Um, so I'm so glad that we're having this conversation today. Now, I know you talked about your 3D family framework. So if someone listening today 
says, my gosh, I really want Joe to help me with this. This sounds amazing. What is the best way for them to contact you? Yeah, um, I've got some gifts, some some free opportunities to engage with me for your listeners. They can go to forwardwithjoe.com slash blended. Forwardwithjoe.com slash blended. Um, or they can check me out on uh, Facebook, in- Instagram, most social media channels. I am at the Joe Pomeroy, at the Joe Pomeroy. And that's not an arrogant thing, by the way, Melissa. I'm not being cocky. I am the Joe Pomeroy. It just allowed me to to do uniform. I couldn't get Joe Pomeroy in all platforms. So I was going for uniformity, that's not okay. arrogance, just to be clear. That's okay. <laughs> and I will add all of those links to the show notes for the listeners. Um, before we go, most important question, I want to talk about your mantra. Your mantra is save the family, save the world. So as we end today, Joe, I'd like you to share why that's your mantra and why it means so much to you and also tell my listeners why it should matter to them too. Yeah. So growing up in the 90s, uh, a movie came out with Antonio Banderas called The Mask of Zorro. And in that movie, he's wanting revenge. He's wanting to fix what's broken. And he is taught that there's this necklace. And in the necklace is this beautiful turquoise stone. And then there's these rings that expand outside of it. And I, I still, to this day, I remember so clearly that moment and first time I saw that and this idea that you start where you are and your circle of influence expands, but first you have to, you have to do that center point. Family is the foundation of society. Society tells us that we need to fix the systemic issues being pressed upon us by, by systems that have existed for centuries. Mm-hmm. And, and there are, there are so many things that yes, need to be fixed. And yes, there are pains that need to be healed. But if we're constantly looking externally, then we're relieving our own, we're relieving ourselves of our own individual, not just our own individual responsibility, but our own individual opportunity. I have an opportunity to teach my children how to love, how to share, how to cherish, how to have empathy, how to listen with the purpose of understanding rather than to fix or to blame or to say the next magical thing that comes to their mind that they think will make all the difference for the person. Like All of that starts in the home. And if I focus on strengthening my family, and you focus on strengthening your family, then when they meet together outside of our homes in this crazy world, they will have the foundations necessary to communicate in healthy ways and develop stronger bonds. Mm. All of it begins with the family. And an, an easy way to another way to look at it is whether it was the 2016 election or the 2020 U.S. presidential election. Half the population at one of those felt like the the America was doomed or, you know, take wh- whether you're in Australia or Europe or wherever you are, take some kind of election where you went, oh my goodness, I can't believe that just happened. Well, you feel helpless. I felt helpless. I felt like, oh, how, how? Now, I, these people making the laws, no, they're in absolute opposition to my foundation, my my values. What am I going to do? Well, the fact is I can't go and I can't. 
in and of myself, it might take years to build up a nonprofit organization that's going to create the kind of change that we want. But today, right now, I can go create change in my home. I can let my kids today, right now, know that the skin, skin color doesn't matter. Let's look at the heart of the individual. Let's look at where they were born, uh, how they say words, whether depending on the accent, none of that matters. Whether if they have a different religious philosophy or foundation, that doesn't matter. What's in their heart? And when we heal the home, we will heal our society. We will heal when we heal what is inside. Only then can we truly heal what is outside. Mm, such a beautiful answer and powerful. Listeners, I hope that you enjoyed this conversation with Joe Pomeroy. Please share this show with a man in your life that you think could use the message. I think today's a great reminder that there's greatness in all of us. And no matter what your situation is, you can become the man you want to be. And Joe, you're a great example of that. And we appreciate you being here to share your story and your work with us today. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm humbled by this opportunity. I, I hope whoever needed to hear these things that they'll begin to apply them. And, and whether that's me, if you want to seek me out, great. But wherever you're at, there's power in the opportunity that's in front of you. And I'm, I'm just so honored to be here. Thank you so much, Melissa. Mm, thank you. You have been listening to the Blended Family Podcast. For more information, please visit the website at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Remember, to create the peaceful home you desire, all you need is love.